All right, we, we, we're, we're starting a new series called Faith at, at the Breaking Point, like at that point where we just feel like we don't have faith and we can't go on. Or, or, and I'm still fleshing out uh, what the weeks will look like. So this week I thought, um, well, we can fall back on the liturgical readings, which we can do and uh, we do often, and the gospel reading that we have uh, here today, I, I saw it in a news stream. It was talking about the, the passage this week, which means that we have churches around uh, the world are reading this same passage. And when I went to it and, and read it, I thought, well, this is a great prologue to the series. Um, uh, and it's, 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 a, it's, it's a surprising passage. It's one that is really challenging. Um, an invitation that Jesus extends uh, to the crowds. Um, and as I was reading, it, it was just, it was a tough preparation. You know, we got a smaller crowd. I'm, uh, I'm not going to worry so much on my presentation this morning. It was tough. I, I, I have felt like uh, for many years that my approach to teaching scripture is like a wet blanket. You know, I'm just throwing uh, a dour mood. <laughs> On all the good times. Um, and I thought that was a kind of a personality thing, and maybe it is a little bit. Um, you know, there's so many passages about suffering um, and entering into Jesus' suffering. And so I would teach a passage, and I feel like I'm really trying to do the passage justice, but I feel like it's kind of a downer, you know? We have smaller numbers, so, you know, hey, this church isn't fun. He's always talking about suffering. Maybe people are moving on. But one of, the, one of the strengths or weaknesses, I don't know, I guess it's a strength, but I, when I come to a passage, I really have a hard time not being honest with the passage. Um, and there's a lot of tough passages. It made me think of Revelation. This, this passage, this whole book was a real struggle to teach. And it's because the message is, you know, be faithful to Christ to the point of death to a, a, a church that is suffering. That's a, that's a hard pill to swallow. Um, and then the, the other side message is to those who are living in a very wealthy empire, don't be duped by it. And I felt like, well, that's us. That's me. Um, and, and so it was a struggle bringing that message every single week. And I loved it. I loved the book. I loved the study. I loved what I was learning. And I really enjoy bringing something that I honestly feel is what it's teaching. Um, and I, so this week I'm thinking like, why is it such a downer? Why, do I, why are we struggling with this so much? Everyone in here loves Jesus. Everyone in here is here on a holiday weekend. It's nice and warm out. It's supposed to rain tomorrow. But you're here. Yeah. Right? Why is that, that it's so difficult? Um, when the more I study, and the more I study, the more I see that this is everywhere. It's cover to cover. Um, and certainly there's joy. There's certainly hope. There's certainly celebration. Um, there's wonderful things, touching things that Jesus does for people. Um, but there's a message like Revelation in Hebrews last year. It's just, it's a hard pill to swallow. Why is it a hard pill to swallow? Real life. Yeah. Real life. We don't want to stop. That's true. I was thinking of something a bit more 
specific, at least for me, and my hunch is that it will resonate with other people, that the message is not what I signed up for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This isn't what I signed up for. Um, when I came to faith, I was, I was in college. I was struggling. I started partying too much. And I had a friend that hit rock bottom, and I thought, it's just a matter of time before I get there. And so a friend showed up, and this is a real God moment. This is what's so hard this, to wrap my mind around, is that uh, I was looking for this, this guy that, that uh, used to hang out with us, stopped hanging out with us, and he and I really connected, played guitar together, and I'm calling this house that where we used to hang out all the time, and, I'm, and this guy, Scott, answers the phone. I say, Scott, where have, you, have you seen Doug? Where's Doug been all these years, I, or these, these last few months? I haven't seen him in a while. I haven't seen him. Right when Scott's talking to me, there's a knock on the back door. Knock, knock, knock. He opens the door. He's got the phone because, you know, you had the phone to the wall there. And he, he's like, Doug. <laughs> Doug was at the door knocking. <laughs> Doug's standing there. He's like, hey, what's up? Who's around? Is Dan around? <laughs> I didn't know this until a few years ago when Doug came up and sh shared his side of the story. We got together just to share the stories from those days. And so I hung out with Doug that night. Everyone else went out, and I, you know, he wasn't partying, so I pulled him aside and said, you know, how, how'd you get, and he shares his faith with me, and I come to faith. Um, so the message where I came to faith was, uh, it was an issue of personal crisis um, and need. And so the gospel that was presented to me was accept Jesus as your personal Savior and he will deliver you, right? It's all about me. <laughs> it's all about what I'm struggling with. So, and, it's, and I think there's, there's other people that have grown, grown up in the church and it'd be worth thinking about what is the message you responded to because that's the message I responded to. I needed help. I needed a way out. And the message was, if you believe in Jesus, then you'll have a way out. Mm -hmm. And that was about it. So that's what I responded to. And so when I say it's not what I signed up for, that's what I signed up for. <laughs> I needed help. And that's very legitimate. In the Bible, we see plenty of stories like that. Uh, the woman who's, who's had a health issue for 12 years. You know, and at first Jesus is like, I'm, my ministry is to the Jewish people, not to you. She's persistent. And he says, and he's amazed by her faith, right? Yeah. And he helps her. Um, you know, so we see plenty of stories like that. But then I read Revelation and I'm like, that's, that is not, that's not the story. That's not what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. When I came to faith, that wasn't it. So, I mean, it's worth thinking about what, what it is you signed up for. Go back to that moment. And I think with a lot of people that, was, that were raised in the church, it's sort of like this is the family thing. This is what we believe. Or uh, once you come to a certain understanding and you, you're ready to say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, you're, you're ready to cross that line, right? And then we read Revelation. And then someone teaches it to us in a way that's not about, you know, who is the Antichrist, <laughs> But be faithful to the point of death. Or read Hebrews 
You know, Jesus wins. You know, hang in there. Um, Peter, James, um, well, more Peter. Peter talks a lot about suffering, writing to a congregation that's suffering. And not all the letters are like that. Um, Paul's letters are dealing with church issues. Um, but that's not what I signed up for. And that's why it's so hard to teach. And uh, it's hard. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, you did sign up. So I, I do, that's not rhetorical. I want you to think about that. You did sign up for something. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Think about it. What was really going on? I didn't want to go to hell. Yeah, right. Okay, that's, that's a yeah, great answer. <laughs> I saw who he was. That's a great answer, yeah. Uh, What's that? In the boat with Peter. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh, he's God. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm shivering just thinking all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, there's plenty of different stories, and it's, I love them. It's just that, you know, at the beginning... You know, those foundational stories are important. At the beginning, that is not what I signed up for, you know. <laughs> uh, so there's a saying that we've had at, at North Harbor when we had staff <laughs> back uh, in the day. Uh, what you win them with is what you win them to. What you win them with is what you win them to. So... What I was one with was a message that you can be, you personally can be delivered as Jesus enters your heart and you can be delivered and you'll go to heaven after you, you die. So that's the message that I was one with and that's the message I was one to. And it's a prevalent message, particularly in the conservative and the evangelical church. I'm sitting here singing these songs. They're all like that. You know, they're all like that. And there's an element to that that's true because I was delivered. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, my life changed. Um, I, I was sitting there, and I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle of singing this song, and I'm thinking, I got to do research on songs that are more about, you know, like changing the world and, you know, uh, creating just systems of uh, economics. Are those worship songs out there? You know, just. <laughs> uh, that's not your job. What, no, it is. It's, it's, if we're following Jesus, it's, we're a part of that. And so, um, you know, and so I just want to give an example. We, we talked about what you win them with is what you win them to in terms of what is the church doing? What are our methods? And so I went to a church, um, <clears throat> and Sunday, it was all about, I, it, and this is the church I went to before I came here, and it was, it was burning me out. Because every week was this big production, and I was in charge of production. I had to come up with a video every week and a special song every week. And the special songs might have been the Eagles, or it might have been Hillsong. You know, who knows what it's going to be. But it was a lot of work, and we had the place was packed, and there was exponential growth. And it was really exciting and fun, but we never saw anyone outside of Sunday morning. Because that's what we were winning them with. Come see the big Sunday morning. There was another church I went to that would do this thing called, this was a bad acronym. Um, it was called KIA, <laughs> Kindness in Action. <laughs> Kindness in Action. And it's kind of billed as we're serving people. We're doing this incredible act of service by handing water bottles out on the walking path. Not here, it's in Ohio. And I remember thinking, there's bigger things 
And serving people and outreach and service, real, like going to help people, is not a strategy for outreach. We should just do that. <laughs> right? We should just be doing that. Uh, so I, I wasn't excited about that. And um, so when we hear a very different message than what we are one with, like what I experienced reading Revelation, um, it can be a little disorienting of what faith is about. Um, cognitive dissonance. What is this all about? You know, Because we're going to read a passage that I don't know if I would have been one with this message. And this is, this is the reading this week. Jesus comes along in, in uh, Luke 14. He's heading towards Jerusalem. There's a large crowd. A large crowd was following Jesus. He turned around and said to them, If you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. If we stop right there. This is interesting because we see this every once in a while with Jesus and crowds. And I never read this in any popular Christian books on preaching, but he turns to the crowd and he seems to say something that scares them all off. You cannot. If you do not, you cannot. That's, it happens three times in this passage. If you do not, you cannot be my disciple. And so he turns to two things that they would have understood. One is family, which has close bonds. And again, it, I, it, the language and the culture is a little bit different. I think when he's saying hate, this is like when we talked about wrath in, in the book of Revelation, that this is uh, dealing more with justice um, when he says hate here, it's not an emotional thing, like I hate my family. It's a matter of, um, you know, where is your primary allegiance to? Um, it's going to be to Christ. And he says it's to me. The by right? comparison is a key. The by comparison. Yeah, and that's not in Greek. That's a translation in English, by comparison. Um, but he deals with family, and this is something that is huge. If, you don't, or if you're not connected with your family, uh, in many places around the world today, and especially that world, uh, it's like your lifeline is gone. I mean, you're, you're, you, you very well could be living in poverty. Think of the prodigal son. When he goes away, he asks for his inheritance. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go away and get a job somewhere and make money on my own. In that world, it's, you know, you are, you are tied with this family. And it's not it's just a nuclear family. It's a big, it's a big family, extended family. Um, and if it's a business owner, there might be slaves, slaves uh, involved and servants and all. You know, everyone's kind of included. So he says, you know, you cannot if you do not. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be, dis be my disciple. There's many ways that the Roman Empire could eliminate people, and the worst was the cross. Uh, just left for the worst people. See, they would have understood what that meant. You know, carry your cross to your death. So then he goes on to 
um, a couple of examples here. <clears throat> Don't begin until you count the cost. For those who begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish, or I'm sorry, that was a question. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only at the foundation before running out of money. Ask Tim about this. He has some good stories about just getting through the foundation. And then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's a person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. This is an issue of shame, you know, public shame. Or what king would go to war against another king without first sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the, the 20,000 soldiers marching against him? If he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace with the enemy while the enemy is still far away. So he gives us two examples of counting the cost. So another question that's not rhetorical. What has your faith cost you? Wow. Right? What, is it, so what does it cost us? And I think this is part of the message of Revelation. Because you have Christians that are kind of compromising with the powerful Roman empire which is you know very he's got it's very appealing um he says it's going to cost you something to follow me what has it cost you all right this is the prologue to this series on faith and it's not all going to be passages like this but it's the, the 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 series in itself is meant to challenge us to figure out you know how much faith are we really having how much faith are we living out I, you know, we all struggle with faith and we all struggle to figure out where is God sometimes. We go through hard times and wonder where is God in all this. Um, there's struggle. I want to see God. I want to feel the presence of God. And sometimes I wonder we're not living out a faith that costs us much. And so we don't need <laughs> much. It might feel like we need lots of help, but we don't really need help. We, you know, there's big things. He's, he's asking us to do big things. This is what Abraham did. Leave your father, mother. Go to a land I will show you. That, you know, leaving family. Um, I wouldn't suggest we leave family. I'm just saying that our primary, what he's saying is our primary allegiance is to Christ. And that way, family gets redefined in a way that actually is probably more healthy anyway. Um, <clears throat> what has your faith cost you? Right? So these are, this morning is just some really easy questions. Right? Yeah. Not much to it. Um, <clears throat> what were you one with? What has your faith cost you? I want us to think about that. Because this is pretty simple. Right? It's a pretty simple sermon. And you see with Jesus, oftentimes we, he's drawing this big crowd. Everyone's excited. There's a parade going on. And we're following Jesus. And he starts talking about eating my flesh and drinking my blood. And that's like, uh, you know, after he calls them out. He says, you're only here because of the food. <laughs> I fed 5,000 people last week. That's why you're here. Let me tell you what bread from heaven really is like. And he talks about it, and they're just like, okay. I don't know if we can deal with that. Right? That's when he turns to the disciples. Are you going to go as well? This is one of those moments. Big crowd. Now, Jesus 
has all in chapter nine, it says that he has set his face towards Jerusalem. He know he can read the writing on the wall and he knows what's going to happen when he gets there. He is going to his death. He mentions the cross here, and probably people there not quite sure what he's talking about. When he first mentions it, it's with a small group. Here's a large crowd. They probably don't get it. And he's saying things that are challenging. And it's like, are, are you winning people with this? But he's but that's the invitation. That's the invitation. If you don't, you cannot. <laughs> right? It's tough. It's tough. And I feel like after reading Revelation and and living where we're at, that there's a bit of a rut in my mind, theologically. There's a bit of a rut in our practice. There's a bit of a rut in our understanding of what God is calling us to do. And, and I think we all know that ruts are really hard to get out of. It really feels that way. We wanted to be in a smaller place, and I, I had felt like I had no options until pandemic hit, and we were kicked out of the building, and now here we are. You know, It wasn't like it was our creative genius that brought us here. Yeah. Right, um, But that's how ruts are like. It, it, I had a hard time thinking of what does church for North Harbor look like outside of a 900-seat auditorium with 100 people in it. You know, um, <clears throat> my, my point with all that is that ruts are hard to think outside of. It's hard to think outside the box. We get used to thinking. We, we have patterns in our brain. And um, I want us to think about these kind of things. Um, <clears throat> So he ends, verse 33. You cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. You cannot be my disciple. This is the rich young ruler, right? Right. Go ahead and sell all your possessions, give to the poor. And he, he hits on something that this guy's like, whoa, wait a minute, that's too high. Too high a price. He walks away bummed out. I've been a little bummed out lately. And I think part of it... Um, is this, is thinking through this. What does ministry look like? And dealing with passages like that, and instead of trying to work through them and make it work and sing some song, you know, just like, hey, this is what it says. Let's answer the question. What does our faith cost us? And let's be brutally honest with ourselves. It has cost us. Um, but perhaps as we think about it, we realize maybe it hasn't cost us as much. I'm sure it's cost more, you know, different people different things over the years. But what Jesus is presenting here is a faith that is costly. And we, we sing about God's grace and God's love is free, and it is. And I think what that's referring to is that everyone's invited. There's no class, there's no gender, there's no race, there's no nation, you know, nation. Everyone's invited. God loves everyone. But when we're in that relationship, he says, count the cost. Count the cost. And that's tough. So, you know, uh, I, I heard that Trump had a, had a rally, and I'm like, wow, we're getting ready for this again. And um, whether it's this year, you know, the, the, the presidential race is the big one with all the drama, but we st we're still coming up on November, and there's still issues to be decided. Um, no politician is going to use this tactic. If you vote for me, it's going to cost you this. It's going to cost you that. You can't do that. You have to turn your back, right? If you vote for Trump, yes, I will. <laughs> no one is going to run on that. Because you're not going to vote for that person. Because it's, it's a... That's revolution. Well, it's... John Churchill, Churchill did just that. Oh, did he? Yes. 
I'll tell you where this does show up, though. Um, an adventure? Someone leading um, a trek. We can get over this mountain. We can get to that summit. You know, someone who is an expert in that field, uh, who's a coach in that field, that's going to take you over, take you to that place. Mm -hmm. I can take you there. Follow me. Listen to my instructions. You're going to have to get in shape. <laughs> You're going to have to. It's going to cost you some equipment. It's going to cost you this, that, and the other thing. Um, but we can do it, and you can do it. And we can get you there. And that's the good news with these messages. That's where the hope comes. Because Jesus has already set his face toward Jerusalem. He knows what the cost is. And that's where he is going. And he is inviting us to follow and to go with him. And it's going to be difficult. And when we follow, and remember, we're getting to Jerusalem. We're getting to Good Friday. Yeah. It's going to cost. It costs him. It's going to cost us. And we're afraid to go. We're afraid to give up that much. But that is the message. I want to be a church this morning with this huge crowd this morning to say, listen, what you win them with is what you win them to. And this is what Jesus offers us at times. There's, there's also, come to all, all you who are weary, come to me. Yeah. Right? There's that too. With the image of a yoke, you're yoked to me. <laughs> and I will give you rest. But that yoke with Jesus is still going to Jerusalem. Yeah. And the understanding is that our understanding of what cost is and... Uh, what suffering is will be transformed as well. And we'll be able to bring hope to others as Jesus brings hope to the world as well. Okay? Jesus goes first. He is going. And it does seem like he's trying to thin out the crowd a little bit. He's trying to be... No, he's, he's not trying to thin out. He's being honest about what it's going to cost. <laughs> and he knows that it will thin out the crowd. Yeah. Um, God comes before us. God goes before us. Yeah. What you win them with is what you win them to. All right. That's all I got to say about that this morning. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And we're going to sing. I, I switched out one song and um, we do have Jesus paid it all, um, which is awesome. You know, that's, that's what we just said. Jesus paid it all goes ahead of us. But even in that song, it's still like, you know, my personal things are good now because Jesus paid it all. But here, I just want us to remember that Jesus is calling us to follow, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And this series is meant to challenge our faith. You know, what are we doing? What do we, we, faith is, this is where we're going to go, a little sneak peek. This is free. Okay? <laughs> Spoiler. Faith is belief plus trust. Amen. And in the church's I've been a part of, um, there's a whole lot of belief. Here's what we need to believe about Jesus. Here's what we need to learn about Jesus. Here's what, you know, we need to think about Jesus. Here's what we need to think about us. We need to, but the trust part is a little weak. Is <laughs> a little weak. You know, I don't tend to, you know, seek out areas where I really got to trust. Um, and my guess, my, I have a sneaking suspicion that that's true for many of us. 
right? So um, belief and trust, trusting in Jesus.